Welcome, everybody, to the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's High School Huddle Podcast. This is Episode 7. I'm Peter Dawson, joined, as always, by Brian Gossett. Brian, son, for the first time in, what, almost a month? Yeah, I mean, it, it looked like it was going to be bad there last week. Um, luckily, the football games weren't affected. Uh, exciting new podcast again. Uh, we look back on Week 8. We're also going to preview some Week 9 games, and I know there's still a couple weeks left, but... We're going to uh, look at potential first-round matchups in football, and uh, we'll talk about some volleyball as well. Well, before we look ahead to those playoff matchups, we're going to take a look back at two games that you covered last week. Thursday night in Keller, as uh, Byron Nelson beats Timber Creek 31-14, the Bobcats snapped a seven-game losing streak and picked up their first win of the season. How surprised were you, and what did you see? Uh, A little bit surprised. Uh, Again, we do a little... Pick them with uh, seven of us, and we all took, I think six of the seven took uh, Timber Creek to beat Byron Nelson because Byron Nelson was coming in 0-6. And, but they came out, they, they seemed to dominate. Uh, well, who, wait, wait, who's leading that, by the way? Just just for the listeners at home, we talk about this a little bit. Just give give us a few names on there. And, and who's in first? Because I, my gut inclination would be that you're in first, but I don't know if that's true or not. I started uh, in first, but I started out too fast. <laughs> too uh, fast, okay. Too fast. I had a rough week. Uh, I think I'm in fifth or sixth now, but there's Matt Stepp, who's Dave Campbell's, and, and Greg Tepper, who does Fox Sports Southwest, um, Greg Powers, Gabe Brooks. Rick Renner. So there's a bunch of us. And uh, yeah, we all took, I think it was Greg Powers that picked Byron Nelson. So Greg, if you're listening, shout out to you for picking Byron Nelson when none of us did. Contrarian. And uh, so, yeah, they came out firing. I mean, they were, I know it was a 17 point game, but uh, it seemed like Byron Nelson really dominated the end to end. You know, Hudson White, who's a sophomore quarterback, he really found ways to extend plays, had a big uh, 59-yard pass to Calvin Wiggins in the third quarter, also had a 92-yard touchdown run from Trey Henderson, uh, first play of the drive to start the second half. And now they're they're back in the hunt. You know, Coach Travis Pride said they're back in the hunt. Their district's not uh, – no one's really run, running away with that district except for maybe Carroll, but I think there's like maybe four or five teams that – are in the mix with three games to go and, you know, got to talk to uh, Hudson and, and Coach Pride uh, after the game. Our defense did an amazing job. They held them to, what, 14 points? That's yeah. a great effort on defense. The defense really played well tonight. The kids played with some energy and some passion, and they made some key stops. I was telling my wife, I said I got emotional after they won because really all coaches, they really have a, a passion for their kids. So when you see the kids' enthusiasm, excitement, and they've been fighting for something, and finally it came to fruition, then – and you're excited for Well, I'll ask you a quick question about Timber Creek. So they lose a game that, again, most people pick right, them to, to win. To win the game. Do you think for that team it's a good wake-up call to say, hey, look, you know, we lose this game and, and maybe we'll, we'll rebound strong for the rest of the season? I think so. I mean, again, there's, there's still three games left, and I'm uh, not too positive on their schedule, but, you know, maybe it's – fix some things. Uh, they have a really good running back in Blake Irving. Uh, their defense is not too bad. So, um, you know, we'll see how Timber Creek rebounds um, in week nine. Do you think, do you think, I know, I know teams and coaches are different and, and it depends on, on what's going on. Like, for example, a team like Allen probably is exempt from 
momentum and things like that. I mean, they they kind of have the experience and the pedigree. But for teams like Timber Creek and other teams like that, that that are looking to get back and maybe make a run, do you think that losing that game mid late season, uh, you know, to have something to to wake you up is better, or do you think that the momentum thing is real and you kind of want to just keep things rolling if you're on a roll? Yeah, and you know the the another thing too is they were picked eighth in that district. They were picked last by uh, Dave Campbell's. And so maybe that's a, a spark to say, hey, you know, let's try and make the playoffs. They do have a tough task because, you know, Keller and uh, Salt Lake Carroll, Geyer, they're the ones that are above them. But again, that district's just not, no one's really running away with it. You know, second, third, fourth is, is still up for grabs. So, right. um, you know, I think if they can get some momentum here in week nine, then uh, they, they might finish strong and, and make the playoffs and surprise a lot of people. Well, shifting gears to Friday night of last week, a good one at UTA Maverick Stadium. Arlington, one of the few remaining teams uh, in the DFW area that is undefeated, and the Colts stayed that way with a nail-biter against Martin, 32-25. They win by a touchdown. We talked about this game last week, and I think... You know, we thought it was going to be closer than the records indicated, and it was. Yeah, it really was. And Martin had a, a chance to knock off Arlington for the first time. They were actually up 25-24. But Arlington picked up a, a huge fumble. I think it was Brian uh, DeClerc with about three minutes left. And um, they just drove down the field about 60 yards, eight plays. Johari Rogers, we've talked a lot on this podcast, uh, who's a dual-threat quarterback. He's getting some looks now, Arkansas, Baylor among them. He uh, told me after the game that he went up to Coach Peach, and um, Scott Peach, that is, and he told him, I want the ball. I want the ball in my hands. Um, Always impressive when you see somebody ask for it. Yeah, and he delivered. Uh, he kept. It was a lot of um, quarterback draws, but he kept picking up five, six yards, and he scored the go-ahead touchdown. 28 seconds left, and uh, Martin actually had a chance because Arlington committed 15-yard penalty. Uh, they actually had two 20-yard passes, so they were down to the 23-yard line. One second left, <laughs> and uh, Tucker Thompson, big game, two picks. He, uh, he ended up deflecting the, the final pass in the end zone. And again, talked to uh, some of the kids, Jahari and, and Coach Peach, about it and just improving the 7-0. At the end of the day, uh, one of our best playmakers with the ball in his hands was really special on that drive and, and found a way to get in the end zone. I was, I was asking Coach Peach for it. I wanted it. I mean, we have, we have great talent across the board, but I just I wanted the ball in my hands at that play, that moment, and he gave it to me, he trusted me, and it turned out well. The nice thing is we settled in the second half. Our defense was phenomenal, and we put the points on the board when we needed to. And, uh, it was an awesome game. We knew it would be. I mean, we knew any time our two teams get together, uh, because the importance in the community about the ball game that was going to be big. Uh, but the nice thing about our football team is that we continue to show resiliency all year long. And uh, down at halftime, I think we've been down in three ball games, maybe four this year, and found a way to win the football game. And it's good to be 7-0. Yep, 7-0, undefeated Arlington. Uh, they actually get Lamar in, in uh, week 11, see if that would be an undefeated district matchup. But yeah, they pulled out another win. Uh, like Coach Peach said, three or four times this year, they've been down halftime and found found a way to pick up a victory. 
Other Fort Worth area teams to pick up wins last Thursday and Friday in week eight included Birdville and you mentioned Lamar, both of those teams moving to seven and oh. Speaking of Lamar, Arlington ISD now has two seven and oh teams along with the Colts. That's the first time that that's happened since 2004. Uh, other teams to win, uh, Haltom, as we talked about last week, Brian's still eating a little bit of crow there. Yeah. Haltom goes to seven and oh. And Benbrook moves to 7-1, and one, and we're moving towards, uh, excuse me, Benbrook takes down Diamond Hill to move to 7-1, and one, and we're moving towards the segment of the show we call the Quentin Jackson segment, and I think you came up with a name for this last week, did you not? Uh, maybe Action Jackson. Action Jackson, know. the Action Jackson I'm sure. Minute. I'm sure people, uh, that's nothing new, people. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> they trademark that. But Quentin Jackson, 300 more yards uh, and four touchdowns again. I mean, the numbers, we say this every week, but we're getting to a point now where he's putting up numbers that he's the, I mean, he's putting up the most production in the state of any running back in any district, in any class, for any school. Over 2,500 yards on the season. Again, that's first in the state. Is anybody going to figure out a way to stop him? Who could stop him? Allen. Uh, well, okay, maybe. But no one, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think anyone's going to stop him. Uh, I might have said this last week, but he reminds me of, Kenny Brooks uh, over at Mansfield a couple of years ago. That's that's all Ben Brook does is run the ball. And you would think at some point a defense would figure it out, uh, but he's still able to get two, 200, 300 yards and uh, much needed rest in week nine. Ben Brook actually has a bye. And then week 10 next week, they play Kennedale. Dis- big one there. Big one because that's for the district title in, in uh, 6-4-8 a Division One. Kennedale, you know, coming off the state runner-up finish last season. They're also undefeated in district, so... Um, yeah, we're going to talk a lot about that one, but I'm sure that... It'll be interesting to see what Kennedale does with him because, obviously, they have the personnel right. and the experience to try to figure it out. They have a lot better defense, and, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they played Dunbar, who I thought was a big test, and, and they won late there, but he still was able to get you know, 300 yards on Dunbar. And so we'll see what Kennedale does. They have some decent linebackers, uh, Jalen Myers, J.D. Coffey is a really good sophomore cornerback uh, in the secondary. And so we'll see if they can stop them uh, quickly. Uh, just another team that won in week eight, Grapevine Faith in terms of the private schools, 58-3 to against uh, Prince of Peace. That was an undefeated matchup. Both teams were 6-0 and coming in. They only allow three points, so Grapevine Fate uh, looks like to be the real deal there in taps. Mark Sanders and Malik Caper both rushed for over 100 yards in that game, and so the Lions, uh, one of our area teams, that are undefeated too. Right, yeah, no. Uh, and then you had a few other teams uh, from, in, uh, from games in last week, including Sam Houston. Texans remain in the playoff hunt in 4-6-A. Trinity coming off that loss, we were both a little bit curious to see how they would do. What did you think about how they performed after that uh, first loss of the season? Oh, I'm sure they were upset with that. Uh, they got weather. They traveled to Weatherford. Um, you know, Ken Seal is a really good quarterback, but you know they only allowed seven points. I think the final score was 37 or 38 to seven. So yeah, that's a rough spot for Seals there. Obviously, coming off a team that is in Trinity, that's hard to play. Right, any week, and I was thinking to begin of the season, you know, how would Ken Seals do against uh, Trinity? Because you know they're bigger, they're bigger boys. You know, like the ones he's going to see at whatever right. Power Five school right. he ends up going to. And so I, I didn't see Seals' final stats, but you know, only seven points must have been a rough go at it. Uh, we mentioned Kennedale. You know, they beat Dunbar. 
Uh, and then Salt Lake Carroll won big against Fossil Ridge on their homecoming. Uh, and Azel dominates Chisholm Trail. Also, if you check out DFWVarsity.com, we'll have a little story and some video uh, from Brian Murphy over at the Star Local Media. The Colony upset Frisco Lone Star. They, uh, they had a hook and ladder. I, you know, the last time I saw us, I think the only time I've ever seen a successful hook and ladder. Yeah, I'm going to do it. It's up. Billy Bob in Varsity Blues. Okay. I thought you were going to say Boise State in Oklahoma. No, 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 no. Well, you being a Sooners fan, I'm, I'm afraid I've outed you if people <laughs> didn't know already. Brian is an OU fan. I'm actually wearing the OU shirt right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's really hideous. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was like 40 yards with uh, 18 seconds left, and they took the lead with eight seconds left. And upset it, uh, state-ranked Lone Star. They improved to six and one and four and zero. Also on DFWVarsity.com, I got a list of uh, leaders in Week Eight who led with the most yards. Get this number, Pete. Skyline, nine hundred yards of total offense. Now, do you know the breakdown? I'm curious if more of that. I mean, impressive either way. But I mean, I feel like if, if depending on which way it goes, I mean, I'm curious if it's one one tilted heavily towards the runner on the pass. No, no, because it was uh, 428 passing yards. It's pretty even. I can't remember uh, the kid's name, and then uh, the rest was rushing. But uh, you know, I, I can't remember who they played. But it was it was a one-sided affair. Right. And then another another area team here in Fort Worth, or relatively close, that'd be Azel. They win again. Hornets are now seven and one. Brian, you're actually going to Azel uh, this coming Friday to watch them take on the Brewer Bears, who blew out Saginaw. What are you looking for in that one? I'm excited to watch Azo. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I went out to the high school and watched the pep rally. Uh, maybe got some heat for it, because that week I took Boswell to beat them, and, and they won by 14 or, or 17 <laughs> points. I need to start uh, stop picking these games, because I don't do too well. But, um, yeah, excited. It actually will be my first football game covering at Azo. I'm, I'm in my fifth year at the Star-Telegram, so I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, I hope the Azel folks give you a, a, a good amount of grief, both for picking the games and for not showing up at Azel. Right. We'll, we'll see. Uh, Brewer, uh, you mentioned the big win against Saginaw. Uh, Adam Duncan had a big game, over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Got that new coach, Todd Peterman, uh, from DeSoto. We'll see if they can improve to 8-1. and one. Uh, Mentioned last week that Azel was actually picked six in district uh so maybe they're again they've been thinking about it like a lot of other teams we've mentioned yeah motivation factor and uh i i was actually on channel eight on sunday and uh just want to throw in burleson centennial here along with azo because there's a lot of similarities both teams seven and one uh both teams in nine team districts and and looking i would guess that both teams are going to finish nine and one this season to make the playoffs and uh, the good thing about azo is they finish with a bye. They finish the season a week earlier. Their bye is actually week 11, so maybe much-needed rest, rest uh, yeah, after to get all those games in yeah. a row. So well, excited and, and for I, that. I do like – it is a little bit interesting. You, I mean, maybe it's a, maybe a chicken or the egg situation, but I wonder. I do wonder what Seals would be like with Azel because, you know, right, he goes to Weatherford. Weatherford probably not performing as well as they'd like, as Seals would like. And then, like you said, people don't pick Azel. I'm going to guess that Seals would be putting up bigger numbers just because. Really? Interesting. Of who they're playing. I, you well, know, it's true. 6A true. and 5A. So, 
maybe not by much, but I, I would I would predict he'd be putting up bigger numbers. Of course, the other side of that argument is that, like we, we mentioned with Trinity, even if the if the result necessarily isn't what Seals would want, you're facing comp- stiffer competition, which in turn right. prepares you for the next level. Right. So it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky call. Now, Brian, we're moving. Uh, so excuse me, we're staying in District Three Five A Division One team you just touched on for a second that would be boswell and south hills on thursday over at clark stadium boswell's only district loss has come against azel south hills fell short to crowley 14 10 in week eight why'd you pick this one uh there's not a lot of good games on thursday night <laughs> if i'm being honest uh and i haven't seen both teams i'm excited south hills i've talked about they're running back Anthony Watkins, um, who I believe is second in the Fort Worth area in rushing, only behind our man Action Jackson. Uh, this is a pretty good matchup. I know South Hills is two and three on the year in district play. They could easily be four and one, like Boswell is. Um, right now, South Hills sitting in sixth place. They actually have to compete with Brewer and Arlington Heights to make the playoffs. They actually play Brewer in Week 11. But Boswell, uh, you know, predicted to win this district. Uh, maybe not anymore with Azo playing so well. We'll see how they do. South Hills, again, playing, I think, uh, better than expected. They're in that new district. They're, they're used to the Fort Worth ISD district. Yeah. So they're playing better competition. And like I mentioned, you know, could easily be 4-1. and one. They, they lost to Crawley by four points. You know, they only gave up 31 to Azo and, and uh, fell short against Arlington Heights by two points. So, um this will be an interesting matchup, uh, you know, for South Hill's sake, trying to keep up with the playoff pace, and then Boswell just trying to keep up with, uh, you know, second or third. Now, I know that there are still two weeks left to go in the regular season, uh, but for the heck of this conversation, Brian and I just can't really help ourselves. We're going to look ahead. He, Brian will actually be posting a playoff matchup. Uh, do you want to call it a prediction or a projection? How would you? How, projection, how, Projection, yeah. okay on Wednesday, so look for that tomorrow. And that's going to be if the season were to end today, so before the games uh, and matchups this week. some of the and, and we're going to give you a few of them right now for those first-round matchups. And we're going to start at the top with Holtam, who looks like they could get Bowie in Division Two. Brian, just a little, little tease the readers with some of that, some of those Wednesday games you think could be first-round matchups in, in the state playoffs. Yeah, if this was... Uh... Two or three years ago, this would be a heck of a matchup. Martin is a little down this year, but Euless Trinity could play Arlington Martin the first round. Louisville uh, picking up a big big win a couple of weeks ago in Cup Hell. They could actually get Salt Lake Carroll. That's the one that I'm the most interested in because I want to see how Carroll, if Carroll can keep things going the way they're going. Right. But And then you got Denton Geyer, uh, who's really picking up the pace of late. Uh, they would get Hebron against uh, Trey John Bridges, their star Oklahoma commit, who, if you didn't see, I think he scored a touchdown rushing, receiving, and and maybe had a pick six, too, in week eight. Um, DeSoto played Duncanville. Duncanville, a lot of people are high on them to be the second-best team, have a shot to beat Allen. I actually talked to someone a couple weeks ago, and and they, they said they'd probably give Duncanville the best chance, but Allen would still beat them by three or four touchdowns um, that says a lot about how good Allen is um, Azo really good matchup Colleyville Heritage um, in, in 5A and then Benbrook or Canada would either get Waco La Vega or Stephenville 
uh, Kennedale and Stephenville, if they were to match up in the first round, that's actually a rematch from the state semifinals from a season ago. And then just kind of bouncing ahead again, week 11, if these, these teams continue to win, uh, look for Arlington to play Lamar undefeated district championship. And then Bird- huge, huge, huge game there, especially in the, in this area for folks here. Right. And then one more in, in five, a Birdville and Ryan could also be an undefeated district matchup. And then quickly uh five way tie for first place in district seven, six, a right now. How do you, how do they decide that? How do you deal with a five way? I don't even, uh, the tiebreakers, the tiebreakers are so confusing to me at five years in. And I still don't, you would think it's head to head for some of them. You know, it's, it, there's a whole list. Peter. Well, hopefully I mean, some, hopefully some in the next two weeks, some of those games uh, yes, work please. each other out. Yes, please. <laughs> so Brian doesn't have to do the math and, right. and I don't either. Um, uh, Circling back to a few of the other Week 9 games to watch, uh, another big one, Grapevine, Colleyville Heritage, Burleson and Midlothian, Summit and DeSoto, and then our our, our new, uh, uh, we're not going to call them a dark horse anymore, Haltom uh, is going to be taking on Richland. Yeah, Grapevine, Colleyville Heritage, always a big-time rivalry there, and then Haltom and Richland, um, I think is one of the longer rivalries in the state. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking 50 or 60 years back, they've played. You're not going to pick them again. You're not going to pick no, against no, no, Halton no, again, no, are no, you? No. Even though it's a rivalry game. No, I'm going with the Buffs. I think the the Buffaloes are going to finish out 10 and 0. Now moving indoors for volleyball, we've touched on it a little bit at the end of our podcast in the last couple of weeks, but we're going to dive into it a little deeper here. The playoffs start next Monday and Tuesday. Uh, with by district, also there will be a number of tiebreakers later this week to determine seating and perhaps final playoff berths. Berths, excuse me. Tuesday night marked the final uh, regular season games. And Brian, what games are you looking at? Yeah, Tuesday night, a uh, Colleyville Heritage and Grapevine, uh, big time district title implications. There, we'll see um, if Grapevine can pull out a victory to tie it. Uh, they haven't beaten Colleyville Heritage since 2011. Looking ahead, uh, just a few playoff matchups. I talked about it last week, but in 5-6-A versus 6-6-A, you could have Coppell or Hebron take on Keller or South Lake Carroll. And if you gave me those four teams to begin the year, I might have told you those were regional tournament teams, but they would have to duke it out here in the first round. Coppell, you know, has won 40 or more games, I think five or six times in the last decade. Hebron, the three-time defending 6A state champs. And then Keller with their uh, dynamic one-two punch and uh, Kate Lang and, and Jaden Nembard. And, and Carol's always been there every year. So they got to they gotta deal with each other in the first round when four of those teams probably think they could make the state tournament. Uh, in 5A, just one playoff matchup that I already know. Northwest and Birdville is actually pretty good. Northwest a lot improved. They started off slow. Very underrated team, uh, you know, their quarterback, so to speak, uh, Morgan Andrus at the center position, Corey James, Bailey Tompkins outside, uh, Riley Anderson is a good defender as well, and then Birdville, Kaylee Ferris, their Houston Baptist commit, uh, Emily Gannon, Tatum Brown, uh, Caitlin Sykes, and, and Maya Duckworth, so I haven't picked what playoff games to go watch next week, but uh, Northwest and Birdville definitely on my radar. Well, Brian certainly gave me a bit of an education this week. Uh, Class 6A Region 1 is just so loaded. Byron Nelson, who we touched on their football game earlier, 
as for the volleyball team, they're the number one team in the region. Only one loss all year. Uh, Waxahachie, number two. The first DFW team in, excuse me, the first team in DFW, uh, excuse me, to reach 40 wins. And you still have Prosper dominating in region two. This one, some thought they would struggle moving up to 6A. Brian, who else is there? You can't forget Weatherford and Martin both went to the regional tournament last season. Watch out for Flower Mound, too. A uh, little bit, little teams in 5A, Burleson, Alito, Grapevine, Colleyville Heritage. And in 4A, watch out for Midlothian Heritage, Glen Rose, Decatur, Argyle. And Wednesday night, a uh, little TAPS playing game. I'll be at Grace Prep, where they will be hosting Nolan Catholic and All Saints. The winner gets into the playoffs. All Saints, the defending state champs, trying to continue their season. So we're going to few few scheduling notes here to wrap up the program. Uh, Brian has a few things coming. Brian, when should we expect those uh, volleyball rankings as well as the AP football rankings? Yeah, we got volleyball rankings up, AP rankings also up. Birdville is actually getting some votes now, 7-0 and on the year. Five things to uh, to watch for, the, for week nine is coming up. Going to do power rankings as usual every Wednesday. Uh, like I mentioned, week eight football leaders. Check out who led the area in yards. That's already up. Uh, cross country, actually, first time we talk about cross country because they're they're done with their regional meet. Uh, we'll see who qualified for state. I'll come up with a list there, and then some volleyball stories coming up. Carter Riverside, playoff bound, their best uh, season in program history. I'm actually going out there Wednesday Wednesday evening to talk to the the coach and players, and then Byron Nelson feature on their uh, their top one of their top hitters, Charity Looper. Uh, her dad is the offensive coordinator at TCU. A great note there. As a reminder, you can find all of this content, including the podcast, at dfwvarsity.com and the Star Telegram, star, excuse me, star-telegram.com, uh, as well as the Twitter and Facebook pages. The podcast will likely be up sometime Tuesday evening, but uh, if not, for sure on Wednesday, so keep an eye out for that. Brian and I will also tweet it out. You can find Brian on Twitter at gossett 41 and you can find me peter dawson at pt underscore dawson uh thanks so much for joining us everybody and uh enjoy the games and we'll look forward to having you all back here next week as brian and i start inching uh closer toward our playoff preview